Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnie review system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Rakuten is the online shopping platform that rewards you for shopping. They are the smartest way to shop and save, with cash back when you shop at thousands of merchants. You can earn cash back at over 3,500 merchants. You can shop merchants in every single category, like fashion, beauty, electronics, dining, and so much more. You can even earn cash back on subscription services and travel. Membership is free, and it's super simple to sign up. Once you are signed up and start shopping, Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account, or they can even send you a check. Rakuten already has 15 million members who are saving. It's a no-brainer. Earn cash back while you shop. Start all of your shopping trips at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app and start saving today. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good afternoon and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Today's a special edition uh, because we're playing Aston Villa at the weekend and I lived with an Aston Villa fan. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Chris. Good, uh, it's good to be here. And this is not your first, um, your, your first day out with La Grove because you've guest posted in the past? I have, yeah. I've guest posted. I've accompanied uh, La Grove physically to games and gone right into the thick of it in, you know, behind enemy lines in Arsenal pubs. Uh, even sitting in the Arsenal end a couple of times, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was easy sitting in the Arsenal end uh, back when we never scored. So, you know, I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about outing myself by cheering a goal, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, you know, just to express the level of this friendship, how deep it goes. Uh, we used to watch the transfer deadline day together. <laughs> Six pack of red stripe, get some, get some kebabs in. Those were yeah, the days. Like yellow ties, round of heads, you know, it's good, good times. Yeah. And it, uh, admittedly, when we used to watch football together, Aston Villa weren't quite the team. Um, but I think the reason that this, uh, this particular podcast and why I wanted to have it is because there's a lot of really great things going on at Aston Villa this season. And I would say out of the, the you know, the, there's a batch of games that Arsenal have, uh, have had, you know, we've played United, we've got Wolves, we've got City coming up and Leeds. But I actually think that Aston Villa is probably the game that a lot of Arsenal fans are worried about the most because you have been spectacular this season. So firstly, just give us the lowdown. Aston Villa were shit last year. Yes. What changed? 
And how and is this luck or like what's going on? What's going on with Aston Villa? <laughs> what's going on with Villa? Yeah, it's actually crazy to be fair. Like given what like even for Villa fans, it's kind of you know you have to sort of pinch yourself a lot. Um, and it's only in the last maybe sort of month or two where we've sort of started to think, fuck me, this is actually we're actually good now, you know. And I think like last year, like I remember when we started last last season, we had a lot of bad results and like we played well at the start of the season and there would be like individual errors that would result in a goal. Like it was just classic kind of coming up from the championship, a little bit green, you know, not used to the league or whatever. And so we would play well but would lose. Like there was a game against Spurs early last season where we like dominated and lost at the end. Um, and then the kind of wheel started to go off a little bit and uh, over the Christmas period and just we started to go old school, like shit Aston Villa. And to be honest with you, man, like it was the lockdown that kind of saved our season. Like I think we were looking relegation in the face. And then what what happened was during the lockdown, Dean Smith apparently was very hands-on with the players. There was like constant you know, Zoom calls and Zoom meetings and they, him and John Terry and the rest of the coaching team like worked really hard to, to sort of address. It was kind of, it gave you that sort of break in the season to stop and evaluate like what is going wrong? Why can we not defend? What's going on? What can we fix? And I think that really helped. And then when we came back, you know, we, we were doomed. You know, I, I thought we were doomed many times, but we started to pick up results, started to play well. Um, I got resulted Arsenal, I think, was, was, was a key. I think that was a pivotal result, wasn't it? It that, was, that yeah. That Arsenal like I, result. Yeah, like I went to that game thinking we were, like, I mean, I went in every game back then thinking we were doing, but like we were right on the edge, you know, and uh, it was, it, we, we kind of felt like we could see the improvement, but it was like, if we go down, then everything's fucked. The whole thing's out the window, you know, but we managed to survive the skin of our teeth. And then it was funny because like, Every Villa fan I know and online was like, do not sack Dean Smith. Like he, he knows what he's doing. He has, he, he, the turnaround that we've, this miraculous escape is all down to him. And, uh, and it, so it was, once we'd survived, we had that platform. Uh, and then it was, the, I think, so long story short, he, Dean Smith is a fucking fantastic coach. The coaching staff are great. We got Craig Shakespeare in, which is probably making a big difference as well. And we recruited really well. Uh, in the summertime, uh, as you know, there there was also uh, you know there's there's a history of clubs that just narrowly survive sacking managers and things either going well or going badly from it. I mean, I'm thinking about Leicester City. You know, yes. after they narrowly survived, they put Ranieri in and it went really well. And I'm also yeah. thinking about Brighton. They they made a, a sack in Chrissy Hutton. Uh, got fired uh for surviving and now you know they're in great shape so well, look, uh, look at them um, look at like there's last night yeah, we lost to west ham like and they they were kind of uh, you know the, the same as us last night and that here's a team that you know almost got relegated last year you know and, and david Moyes close to the sack and all the rest of it and now i look at them you know they're there they've, they've kind of beaten us they're kind of taking that mantle as well of like almost got relegated and now I have kept the manager, didn't sack him and have kicked on with a couple of good signings and just with that, I guess with that extra time. And it's weird. Like, I mean, it's funny to talk anything, anytime you talk about this season, it's just, you kind of have to throw your hands up on the air a little bit. Cause it's just such a weird, bizarre season with strange results that you don't see coming, you know? So who knows what is happening in the background in terms of, you know, the lack of training or are we playing in empty stadiums, all the rest of it. I think, I think Villa have really uh, um, benefited from playing behind closed doors. I think without that pressure, uh, they can sort of focus in a lot more. I think that's definitely helped as well. Do you, do you think, um, I, that was 
going backwards and forwards with some Arsenal fans in the LaGrove comment section, which is always a joy. And um, particularly talking to, you know, there was a real movement of certain fans against Mikel Arteta in December. He's a novice. He's a joke. He doesn't know what he's doing. And to, to be honest, a lot of the decisions that he was making at the time were problematic. But Arsenal didn't flinch. And the players saw that Arsenal didn't flinch and results have picked up. And the, the first half against Wolves was probably the best football that we've seen under Mikel Arteta. And just going back to uh, Villa sticking with Dean Smith, um, West Ham sticking it out with David Moyes, despite their fans being very aggressively against David Moyes. Do you think that there is, um, do you think there is starting to become a trend that actually if you hire a coach, you should give them time? Because it takes time to get idea. I mean, uh, like with the exception being Chelsea. I'm not sure Chelsea, yeah. Unless <laughs> you're Chelsea. But it, it, does, it does seem like there's less sacking so far this season. I mean, even Sheffield United. Well, I mean, but then yeah, you have West Brom as well, didn't you? who got rid of um, Billich after they beat, beat Man City. Um, but I, I mean, again, I think a lot of it maybe is to do with just the strange circumstances of the season and, you know, just making a lot of times when you stack a manager, you obviously the financial cost is massive and maybe a lot of teams are, you know, thinking it's, it's maybe not worth it. I think in Dean Smith's case, I think he had proven himself to be uh, an astute coach. He, and the players love him, especially Jack Grealish. And he, yeah, he, he got the, obviously he's a lifelong Villa fan. He's a Villa fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it just, it just made sense. He fit. And I, like I say, even when we were shit last season, there was always signs that, uh, that the, the, there was pos- there was positive signs there, you know, and we you know we lost our goalkeeper and our striker in the same match last last season at Christmas time, you know, like so and, and we you know, didn't we couldn't get a replacement striker in, so there there was sort of um, extenuating circumstances in that sense, you know, but I don't think anybody ever really was calling for Dean Smith's head. Obviously, you'll always get some fans of any team, and you know it doesn't take much to sort of go off the deep end, but I think. He always had the broad support because, yeah, well, he's a Villa fan, but I think there was always signs that he knew what he was doing, you know, and if he was given the time, he could kick on. And, you know, and like, we have been a very short-term club in the last few years, you know, like chopping and changing managers, like before we got relegated with like Gerard Houllier and Tim Sherwood and, you know, Remy Gard, you know, it was just like short-termism. It's not going anywhere. Like, what's the point, you know? Uh, so I think now finally we have owners who want to build that stability and think Dean Smith was a, was a key part of that, you know, and it's then Jack Grealish. Quite, quite, a, quite a mature approach from, uh, from new owners as well. Uh, who, who, uh, from what I understand, they're not, they don't have a deep sports experience. Is that correct? Uh, no, I think one of, them, one of them owns the Bucks, I think, the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. Okay. So yeah, because they talk about you know how they re- the box we built around Giannis, and, and I was completely it, wrong there. I've got the <laughs> and uh, so, so the, the Giannis was this kind of the the, the sort of star around the box rebuild, and how the, the owners you know apparently the story goes they contacted Jack Grealish personally last summer to convince him to stay, and sort of you know he's the kind of Giannis of the Villa, Villa rebuild, so to speak. You know, it's that kind of parallel. Um, so yeah, apparently they were quite hands hands on and getting him to stay, you know, um, along with Dean Smith. But no, man, we, our owners are, I mean, f- so far, I mean, they're doing an amazing job. They're absolutely loaded. <laughs> they invest as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The in, in in the training ground, all the facilities, the women's team, like it, they do have that kind of let's let's build 
from the ground up here, like to get the grassroots right. Like let's change the culture of this cu- the club. And it's again, man, that's why like relegation, avoiding relegation was so so crucial last year because that would have just thrown everything up in the air, you know. Whereas once you stay in the league, you have the money, you can build, you get the platform, and like you know, all we wanted to do this season was survive and. I think we've already equaled our or one point off our entire points total from last season already, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it gives you a chance to like, sort of look up, you know? And I guess as a, you know, I use an Arsenal fan, that's what you want out of Arteta, but it kind of just seems maybe that it's stalling a little bit. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is Arsenal have a, a, like a slightly more luxurious version of what Aston Villa have gone through, right? We, we've, we've chopped and changed with the manager, I mean, we made a horrendous, horrendous error in keeping Arsene Wenger on the job too long, letting him invest in bad players. Uh, Unai Emery was a fucking joke. Um, and then, um, you know, once once we addressed the managerial issue, then we then we we carried on with Raúl Signelli, and uh, you know, he he blew seventy two million pounds on Nicolas Pepe. Like that was kind of one of the highlights of his awful tenure. Um, because he's he scored, a, a, scored a good goal the other night, didn't he? He's looking, yeah. I mean, he's 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 <laughs> he's finally looking like a player, but he still doesn't look anywhere near a seventy-two million pound player. Mm-hmm. But we've basically spent the last year correcting horrendous errors, and now I think you know the we went through an absolute shit show during December. But I think the club was like, look, we've invested in Edu and we've invested in Arteta, and we have to stick with a plan because, like, when you keep on chopping up these plans and making mistakes. Um, it costs you in the long run. So finally, it looks like like January felt like a new a new path for Arsenal. We got rid of a lot, you know, a lot of the bad eggs. Um, instead of signing, you know, Pizza Boy Isco, which would have yeah. been the Arteta move six months ago, we signed Erdegaard, and uh, and now we're playing the the young players. And we feel like maybe we've got our own little Jack Grealish in Smith Row. Low slung shin pads. Oh yeah, creative, yeah. exciting, explosive. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, you know, we get, we get to the end of uh, we get to the end of last season. And then now this is when we cross paths because, like, let's let's talk about what happened with recruitment because I know that most <laughs> of most of our personal conversation revolves <laughs> around one topic that you can't stop going on about. Tell us what happened. The best, in this goalkeeper, summer. best goalkeeper in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bargain signing of the season, 20 million, Remy Martinez, man. What a player. Like, because I remember you were I because I, I mean, you know, I say look, you know, follow you on Twitter and you know, occasionally read the blog, mainly only when you lose, because I want to laugh. But like, you know, so I knew, <laughs> I knew how well, I knew how well regarded Martinez was. And, uh, and then obviously when there's rumors and we were sort of texting about it, I knew like, just couldn't say enough positive things about him, you know? And, uh, he's been an absolute relation for us. And like, he is like, I cannot remember having a goalkeeper as assured as him, you know, like there's talk among Villa fans of him being like the best goalkeeper we've had since, you know, Mark Bosnich, Brad Friedel, like he is, it's you're watching it watching your team and you don't really you have full confidence in your goalkeeper is a feeling that i'm just not not used to you know and what what's um what in particular do do, do, is his game offering to villa because i like as as arsenal fans he's you know the distribution was yes yeah that's what i was going to say he is like 
you know, he's he's your sort of modern sweeper keeper, very comfortable with his feet. And Dean Smith likes to play that way, you know, play football on the ground, pass it around the back. It's kind of what we did last night that went wrong, but that's a different story. Um, funnily enough, last night was Martinez's worst game for Villa by a, by a mile. But also other than that, he's he's just been amazing. It, it it is his distribution. He's always quick as soon as he gets it. And the other thing I like about him is he always catches the ball. He very rarely parries it away. Such a confident. rare commodity in the Premier yeah, League, he's, isn't he's it? He's very confident. He'll catch the ball and he'll immediately look for the outfall, throw and kick in. He's uh he's just constant constantly assured when the ball comes to him. Just like you feel like uh sort of reassured that he's there, you know? You, you know you have a flaky goalkeeper like the guy you have now <laughs> in uh, your backup goalkeeper? Or just like... Uh, Runison, yeah. We're in yeah, trouble. Yeah. We're in trouble well, at the weekend. Do you know when like a shot comes in from outside the box, you're like, well, maybe this is kind of 50-50 as to whether this goes in or... Uh, with, with Martinez, it's like, you, you don't feel like he's going to concede ever, you know? It's just, he is uh, very confident. And I think he, he's gone a long way to shore up our defense as well like i mean we've got two new fullbacks who have both been absolutely amazing well no, sorry one new fullback this season maddie cash here and but our entire defense has been incredible and i think martinez has to take a lot of the credit for that as well just for that you know reassuring presence there behind him you know uh, kind of just very settled keeping everything going uh so yeah i mean well, he's had he's only behind ederson in terms of clean sheets this season i mean he's just been it's been a game changer for us big time yeah it's um physicality plays a big role in it as well it's um you know but burned leno i mean there, there was there was a lot of chatter amongst arsenal fans at the start of the season we'd let the wrong goalkeeper go yeah. i don't think there's much i don't think there's much difference between leno and martinez i think they both have like very different skill sets i think maybe leno mm. is slightly better at shot stopping whereas martinez his dominance for me is like he's so good at commanding his box because he's yeah a huge specimen of a man. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a very big guy. Um, did, you, but, did you watch the Villa match last night? No. So, right. So it was, it was funny because uh, obviously the Arsenal game this uh, week, Leno gets sent off for charging out of the box and like handing the ball outside the box. Yeah. There very odd error. There, yeah, there was an incident last night where a similar thing kind of happened, but Martinez chose to head the ball <laughs> out to touch instead. And I was like, there you go. That's why we got the better Arsenal goalkeeper. Yeah, I was. It was a, it was a, a very rare. I mean, but Bird Leno has kept us in quite a lot of games. He's he's shot some of the shots that he saves. You just can't believe that he gets across. But yeah. um, but if if we are playing Runison at the weekend, it's shoot on sight because yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know how he got the job. I don't know how Arsenal. Well, apparently the story is the uh, the goalkeeping coach recommended him because he knew him from his time in Scandinavia and. Because his statistics, he was statistically the worst goalkeeper for saves for 17th place Dijon. How anyone goes, hey, why don't we just, why don't, we could make, we could, we could do that. We could make this guy better. And there must it, be some like Moneyball style deep analytic stuff going on there. You know, like somebody's seen something in the data. It was, it was a, a horrible contact deal. And <laughs> now, and then to make matters worse, uh, you know, we've got, um, we've got uh, Matt Ryan from, Brighton, who you know, it's fairly decent. Even though, even though everyone's saying that the uptick in Brighton's form is down to him going, but we'll we'll pretend that that's not true. Uh-huh. But he's he's injured, mm-hmm. so we've 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 done a Kim Kim Kalstrom. We signed the injured goalkeeper, <laughs> so is that that's going to be well, interesting? It's, it's, a, it's a it's a tough one, like because Martinez is so good that like 
I guess it's difficult for a team to have two goalkeepers of their quality, unless one of them is like 40 or whatever, you know, and is happy to sit on the bench. Because like, you, like, you know, Martinez is too good to just sit and be a number two. And I suppose what, he'd been there 10 years. So you kind of- He's not young, him. yeah. Yeah, and you kind of have 10 years of service sitting on the bench. You kind of owe the guy to kind of go off and, you know, be a number one somewhere. But like, I don't know how you give him away for 20 million. I mean, that is like an absolute steal. I think that, uh, I think the part, part of that, has to be down to the pandemic, right? Mm. I, I don't, I, I think valuations, I mean, the the worst valuation last summer for me, I mean, I, I haven't really been paying attention to him much at the moment, but Diego Jota, 23 million. You're like, hold on, mm. Tw- 23 years old, doing a great job for Wolves, 20, 23 million. Yep. So I, I wonder whether that that will continue heading into into this summer as well, because yeah, I think- Yeah, Chelsea. Unless you're Chelsea, I mean, yeah, I like. I keep on looking at some of some of the stats around the the German players that they signed in the summer. Absolutely appalling business by the looks of it. But yeah, oh, as far as Frank Lampard found out, unfortunately. Oh, I know. I was, I was a little bit sad that he got moved on because Thomas Tuchel's quite. I think he's a good coach. I was quite well, enjoying. Tuchel, Tuchel was sort of always linked to Arsenal, wasn't he, in the past? Or am I kind of making that up? Uh, I think that I used to write about him excessively because yeah. he he was my uh, he was my You're coach a crush. German, German hipster fanboy, aren't you? Cool. Yeah, I'm, I, I like I like those German coaches. I've, I've, I've got to admit, I, I think that he, stylish. I, so, I, I, but I do I do like Dean Smith. I like that you've got the niceness of Dean Smith countered by the 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 devilry of John Terry. Devilry is one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> how, I, I've got to ask you, Tom, as an Aston Villa fan, how does it? How does it feel having to love John Terry? How does see, that? I don't, I, see, I don't love John Terry, so it's not it's not a problem, you know. I I you know, I, I kind of I'm I'm coming to kind of respect his professional work <laughs> as a coach, given what's happened this season. But like, but you know, like what what can any like any if John Terry goes to any other club other than Chelsea, football fans that team are going to have to sort of swallow a bitter pill. Like, I mean, you know, did any of us like John Terry? as a player if you weren't a Chelsea fan you know like, no and like you know he, he he was great for us in defense as well I mean you know he's he's made his mark at Aston Villa um so to be a fair like you know he's he's not the worst you know I get real Brutus vibes when when Villa were doing badly I was like don't walk into the dressing room with John Terry he's gonna kill you he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna just slip but, a but dagger is, into but the, but the, like, you know he's getting credit now for the chain for our, our you know the our, the our defense this season but like he was there last season when our defense was absolute shit. So it's like, mm, I mean, you know, again, but he's very young. You know, maybe he's just learning. Maybe he's getting used to coaching or being able to impart his obvious kind of playing talent onto younger players, you know. So fair play to him. Like, you know, if I, I can't really, I just turn a blind eye to his past uh, issues. But, you know, uh, I do, uh, th- this is, uh, again, an interesting parallel with, with Arsenal. It's like it, Arteta was a shit coach three months ago and I was like look we're going through a bad phase but he's a great coach he's one of the best young coaches in the world this is this is a fact um, how, is that, how is that a fact I think he's one he is one of the best young coaches in the world according to lots of people that I, that I speak to in the game like he's <laughs> look, and just just like <laughs> like I'm, I'm talking about this from a purely coaching uh, perspective right, okay. being the lead coach at Manchester City and helping deliver a team that, you know, gets a hundred points. Like you, you are um, at 38 years old. You know, there aren't many coaches in that position. You are amongst the top coaches in the world. But uh, if you don't have the right players, you, your coaching is never going to look good. 
And I kind of feel like with John Terry, you know, if, if there isn't a decent goalkeeper that's sitting behind a defence um, and the defenders are nervous and they're coming up, it's yeah. going to be hard to look like a good coach. And it's, like, it's amazing that a, a couple of different players in, in new positions and all of a sudden the ideas look better. But, yeah, well, I guess, it, it, yeah, yeah. It's like you say, you bring in new players. Like a lot of time, like those players, those new players will be more receptive to the coaches, you know, like they may be coming from clubs that maybe didn't have, a, had a different coaching style, for example. So yeah, it, it's one of the, who knows, you know, who knows um, if that's, you know, what's happening behind the scenes, whether Terry's just improving as a coach or whether these new players are playing better together. I think it's a combination of everything, to be honest, you know, because not a lot has changed Um from last season, that defense, other than Emmy Martinez, predominantly and Matty Cash. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 crazy. Even in the space of three months, I mean, Arsenal had the the lowest shots per game out of almost any decent team in the Premier League. I think we were seventeenth, and then a, a couple of a couple of changes in in the approach, like Smith Rowe, who you'll mm. you know who you'll see at the weekend, um, he's changed the whole dynamic. You know, yeah. we had 17 shots against Manchester United. We could we could barely scrape together six against West Brom. Yeah. So it's um, just a, it, a... It's a crazy season, you know? Like, I mean, look, look at Liverpool. They lost two games at home on the spin there. You know, like, I mean, we beat Liverpool 7-0. Or 7-2, well, sorry. 7-2, 7-2 yeah. I'm thinking of their game against Crystal Palace. Yeah, 7-2. Um, it's just, uh, who knows? Like, honestly, man, like, if, before last night when we got beat by... Com- comfortably beat by West Ham, deserved to lose. I would have been going into the Arsenal game this weekend as I've got into pretty much every game this season, just confident. Like, I think we can beat anybody at the minute. But then the season is just so bizarre that I would not be surprised to be on the be on a 3 0 reverse this Saturday. You know, who knows? Yeah. And uh, th- there's, uh, and this, this is the big challenge for Arteta this weekend. We went through a terrible run and we've, and He's now saying that the, the, the character of the side is the seven games that since where, you know, we've kind of climbed up the table, climbed out of relegation, really, if we're being totally honest. Um, <laughs> but the, the challenge was always going to be what happened. You know, Arsenal teams are traditionally quite weak when a, a form of injustice has happened. You know, we'll, we'll lose by a, a dodgy handball or a red card. Then we don't recover for five games. Yes. We played the best game of football uh, the best 45 minutes of football we've seen all season, like unbelievable passing combinations, power, pace, like everybody stepped up. You know, Nicolas Pepe looks a good player. Lacazette's playing this false nine role um, really well and the defence was solid. But then it was 45 minutes of brutality and it was horrible. Yeah. So it's like we could come out and win 3-0 at the weekend, but equally we could we could carry the burden of of the injustice that happened yeah. in the week. See, see, Villa were prime for this, like last season and, and in recent seasons as well. Like once things go wrong, everything just goes wrong, and it's hard to see how the team comes back. Like you know, Villa team last season was just chronic um, lack of confidence. You know, was one of the main things I've noticed this season is like when we have a few setbacks, the next the Villa team come out the next game and go for it, still attack, still play like we have done, full of confidence. So we seem to have gotten over that particular hurdle of like once something goes wrong, you go on a run of like five defeats or whatever, you know? So you kind of, I do feel like, given that we lost yesterday, it's not that I think, oh no, the players are going to be, you know, done now. We're going to lose the weekend. I have full faith that the Villa players could turn around and be raring to go again. Just brush it off, you know, brush brush off the loss. 
go again. We can beat these guys. But then I think the other factor is, which I haven't really talked about, is like just the fatigue. I mean, the amount of games these guys are playing, you know, and that goes for everybody. It's like you never know what how it, when it's when it's going to hit a team that just the, the the incessant run of games that we're getting at the minute you know i did yeah i did want to ask you about that arsenal um arsenal's bench we had gabriel margeles the center back on the bench we had martinelli we had obama yang i mean william is a bit of a, a non-player but still mm-hmm. good quality to have on the bench uh so we have a, the, the strongest bench that we've had in a long while we still played a, a great game of football uh, aston villa don't have a deep squad um, but you you seem to have survived like no major injuries. Like, what's the expectation for the team at, at the weekend? Are you gonna r- rotate after the West Ham game, or is it like one eleven and that's how we yeah, roll? Yeah, well, so that's yeah, maybe. But I think now would be the time to do it because we did definitely look tired yesterday, and we do play a very sort of um, high intensity pressing game, you know. And like, so it, it's inevitable that you're going to run a steam. Like Ollie Watkins has played I think every minute of every game so far, and he's an all action forward player you know even when he's not scoring he's running around he's holding up he's just always dynamic but you know that's going to catch up with you at some point you know you can't just be playing 90 minutes like three two three times a week this season so yeah i don't know i think yeah we have had the least changes to our starting 11 out of any team in the premier league this season uh and i went back and looked at the our, our starting 11 when we played you guys earlier in the season and it was the same team that started last night, I think, other than uh, Trezeguet uh, was in, played against you guys instead of Traore. So who knows? I mean, yeah, I have heard a few people this morning, Villa fans saying, like, maybe now is the time to freshen things up a little bit because, you know, we had been sort of grinding the team into the ground a little bit and now we've lost. Okay, maybe now is the time to try a few different things. And we have this new guy who came on last night from Marseille, Samson, 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 um, Morgan Samson. So, like, Maybe it's time to give him a run out, you know? So, we, but like, oh yeah, to your point, we really don't have a lot of squad depth at all. Like if Ollie Watkins gets injured, we're, we're fucked. <laughs> it's quite, it's, it's also uh, quite notable. I think after the FA Cup weekend, the teams that didn't take the FA Cup very seriously all landed pretty good results and the teams that mm. went all in um, suffered. And I, I wonder that one day, uh, difference between Arsenal's um, Wolves game at Molyneux yeah. and you know uh, Villa like playing last night. You wonder how much that impacts because an extra day's recovery mm. is really important, especially like as you say in a, an extremely truncated season. Yeah, it's interesting as well. Like you know, we're talking about you know Arteta, Smith, like sort of coaches. You know, then the sort of more uh, you know training ground coaches as opposed to the old school manager. And you wonder like with this sort of crazy paced season like how much time is there to work on the training ground between games you know it's like right lads we've got arsenal next next week we've got seven days this week's training is going to be geared towards you know dismantling arsenal whereas now it's like we've got a day you know it's it's kind of interesting how teams are coping with that like how much preparation can you really do uh for your next game at the minute you know when they're coming so thick and fast yeah it's i think that you know one of the one of the sort of whispers that were that I was hearing when Arteta was going through a bad, bad run was that he was like, I, I, I don't have any time to, yeah. to, to coach players because it's like in, out, in, out. And then it's like, if you, if you have them on the training ground, they get more fatigued. And then you, yeah. then you have a, not, no coaching and then a, an injury crisis. 
uh, and it, it will be, um, it's going to be fascinating next season to see where this all lands because I, I, my, my assumption is that, it, you know, if the British government are saying uh, that summer should be fairly normal, if it's a normal summer, you would assume that fans in the ground is going to be a, a realistic proposition next year. And the, mm. my, uh, the, what I'm looking for is like Arsenal are now playing really great football. The hope is we play it for the rest of the season. And I like Aston Villa. I think these young players that we've brought through have benefited from not having Arsenal fans calling them bad words from, from the sidelines. <laughs> it's like, what, what ha- does, that, does that sort of baseline, that foundational training without the pressure, then when you get put into uh, a stadium moment with the fans, two, two questions that I want to ask. Do you think the, the like Villa, um, Villa players are going to adapt well to having fans in the stadium? And then the second question was just something that I was wondering do you think after being away from football for like a year and it will possibly be sort of 18 months, do you think fans will just be happy to be in the ground? Do you think it will be a nicer, less toxic experience? Uh, well, like, like when Millwall fans went back and they're... Uh... Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They went back in, they were like, you know what's been bugging me? Those, like, those bloody Black Lives Matters. How dare they? Months of pent up aggression coming out. Uh, uh, well, to the first point, I think, I think the once the fans, I think, okay, I think Villa have definitely, definitely benefited from not having fans. I really do, like, because I mean, Villa. I mean, maybe every grounds like this, but Villa Park can get on, can get pretty testy pretty quickly. Same as the Emirates, you know. Yeah. Like so, and I think, yeah, I think they they have definitely benefited from not having that extra pressure, and so I think. Will they adapt when they come back? I think it comes down. Well, players will adapt if the crowd aren't giving them shit, and the crowd won't be giving them shit if they're playing well. And I think if Villa can kick on and continue to play well, then it should be okay for the younger players because the crowds will come back in and cheer on. Like Villa, Villa fans are tearing our hair right? That our team is as good as it's been in forever. Like we enjoy watching our team now. Every game is is entertaining, and we can't be there in the ground. Like it's it's crazy. You know, we missed out in the Liverpool game and. Just, just being able to see our team play so well and support them. You know, all these new players, Emmy Martinez, we all absolutely love him and he's never played in front of a Villa crowd. You know, it's crazy. So I think there will be a definite element of just showering the, the place with just chance and love and all the rest of it if you're playing well, you know, which I think hopefully the team will do uh, as they've kind of learned to play and adapt in this kind of environment, you know? Yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how fans coming back into the stadium affects because it does seem like the big teams have suffered because they thrive off having the crowds. Um, but also it's like the, the, I think the, I think the common consensus was that small teams would suffer because they needed the crowds yeah. to give them the extra push. But, but, so but it's, surely that comes down to just individual players. You know, it's like anything. Yeah. Some people just respond to different stimulus in any workplace, you know? So I guess some players would love it, love the... You hear about players saying they love getting abuse. You know, it kind of spurs them on. Other players will completely crumble under abuse. So I think it comes down to individuals as opposed to the team. Yeah. So what, um, what you know, what should we expect from, um, from the weekend? Who's the... I mean, let's talk about Jack, Jack Relish. Uh, is uh, probably one of the most popular players in the Premier League at the moment, right? I think he's got a... Well, I mean, not for me to say as a a Villa fan. um, Although, like, I think I'm one of the... Like, 
a, a tiny, 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 tiny subsection of Villa fans who, I mean, I, I love Jack Grealish, obviously, but, you know, as an as somebody from Ireland, you know, he played for us, played for us at youth level and then, you know, got, uh, got us. Just say it. Aston Villa fan <laughs> thinks Jack Grealish is scum. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not anymore. Not anymore. He's uh, he's proven his worth. No, uh, I mean he's he's amazing. Like Villa fans have known for years how good he is. You know, like it, it's now everybody else is starting to catch up. Like he is incredible. I think he is one of the most unique players in the Premier League, just in terms of how he plays, how he holds the ball, how he dribbles, uh, how he takes players on. Uh, his passing is amazing. His intelligence is incredible. Like apparently he's very tactically astute as well. You know, he will stay late and work on things and. Yeah, he, he is absolutely amazing. The one worry I have, or the caveat is, he David Moyes did an absolute lesson on him last night. Like, and it was as simple as he played two left, two, sorry, two fullbacks on him at the same time. So they doubled up fullbacks in Jack Grealish and completely sort of nullified him for the most part. You know, like he's still Jack Grealish, he's still gonna play well, but like it, it really kind of hampered our game. You know, they just doubled up on him with two different defenders and we didn't really have an answer for it. You know, Barkley didn't play well. So between the two of them, like uh, that kind of removed that threat. And the, the, the disappointing thing for me, I guess, was like, you didn't, you, there was no switch. There was no game plan switch. So we didn't move Jack from the left, the center or the right or somewhere else um, until it was too late. Uh, so, you know, other than if, if, if last night hadn't happened, I'd be going, yeah, he's going to, you know, tear you guys a new one. You're gonna get schooled, whereas now I'm thinking, oh shit, maybe we've been completely found out by David Moyes. <laughs> yeah, and David David Moyes and Mikel Arteta still talk. He's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's one of those ones where you're like, you're watching it and you go on like, well, yeah, that's why. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, like at the same time, having said that, Jack Rush is very hard to stop, even with you know two or three defenders. So, you know, yeah, uh, he's obviously the danger. But like him and um, him and Barkley playing together have been really good and then combining ollie watkins the, the sort of link up play ollie watkins doesn't need to score to be one of our most effective players just in terms of how he runs and drives defenders out of the way and holds the ball up brings others in you know he's been fantastic this season as well yeah you had the choice of uh ollie watkins or rian brewster Right. Yeah, yeah, and there was um, well, we were always in for the oh, who's the West Ham? Ben Ben, ben, ben Rama. Yeah, like the two Brentford players that we were always in for. But I think that Smith always wanted Ollie Watkins because he had you know worked with him before at Brentford, uh, so I think he was the uh, he was his, his target, you know. Um, but he's he's been absolutely amazing. Like it's we don't really have any players who haven't performed well this season, you know. Like everybody's been good. Uh, and it's the interesting thing is it's not players performing above their station it's just good players i mean ollie watkins is a good player yeah but again like ollie watkins you know had never played in the premier league before so you know he has made a step up and, yeah you know he he's he's taken it on okay same as you know maddie cash player coming from nottingham forest um you know we've got the, the, the players have sort of stepped up and again to go back to what we're saying i mean i think the coaching has to come down to that a lot you know douglas louise right uh signed from manchester city Last season was one of the whipping boys, you know, throughout the first half of the season. And then from Project Restart, he's playing like the greatest defensive midfielder Brazilian, you know, in years. He's and electric. He's, yeah. He's Everybody. Been absolute, he's been absolutely amazing. And the, the way the team is set up this season, uh, John McGinn has 
sort of drop back a little bit more. So him and Louise are playing more as a kind of duo in the defense midfield position. Um, even though like McGinn traditionally would be a bit more attacking. But that's really worked having that kind of, those two in tandem in the center and then having the sort of dynamism of Barkley and Grealish, Watkins and usually Traore sort of playing in front of them. And then the, the fullbacks have been amazing as well. Um, up and down like Matt Target combines really well with Jack Grealish up and down the left like he he really helps Grealish out as well so yeah and it, we've just like you know we're everybody's played well everybody's on the same page um everybody works harder we you know uh, attacks is, is is confident you know there's not not that kind of brittle confidence that Villa teams have had in the past anymore so yeah man like I think uh I think yeah, I think we could do. We could. We could, could do a, a number. Could make it. Make it a double over uh, the Arsenal this season. I was going to say actually, I was looking at the table before I came on, and we're still ahead of you by one point with two games in hand. And like Villa fans are now, you know, like it's like football fans, man. Like we're getting greedy now. It's like up until like a month ago, it's like we got. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. We're going to Leicester. It's going to happen. Then I was like, okay, okay, Champions League, Champions League, Champions League. and now it's like okay, European places. But like it's got to the point now where. I, I genuinely think Villa can go for European places. Might not happen, but I think that's a realistic target. But currently, where where is Arsenal? Where do you, where where where's uh, Arsenal fans going to be happy with for you guys to finish? Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I I think top top six is is right. best Real, case. Realistic? I don't. I, you know, I got I got I got no idea. I mean, if we'd beaten Wolves the other day, then I, I would have been a little bit more confident, but. I think the we're just. I think most Arsenal fans are just looking at, at next season now. It's been it's been such a rough year. I think if we if we can if we can use the back half of this season to get to a first team and get some experience into the legs of young players and then really go for it next year, I think that that's that's the objective. But I feel like there's a bit more momentum behind Villa, and I feel like you know weirdly your side is a a, a little bit more complete. Um, yeah. than what we have at the moment. I guess the thing is, well, you have to kind of constantly remind yourself that we're just over halfway through the season. You know, like on how many seasons in the past has the team at top of Christmas kind of, you know, fallen away completely? Or, you know, and, and I think it's different this season because you've got, it's it's harder, obviously, because you have teams like West Ham and Everton and uh, and Leicester sort of not, are now realistically competing for top six. It makes sort of the traditional teams like yourselves just makes and Chelsea, I guess, as well. Just all uh, more difficult to kind of yeah to get those places, you know. I, it, I what I th- I think it might end up going to the wire this season. You know, like you keep on waiting for a breakaway moment, and the, the only team that really looks like they're going to have a, a breakaway moment is Manchester City, who I think look like the most complete team yeah. in the Premier League by quite a margin. But you know, you, you go back, go back two three months. And Manchester City were everyone was like, ah, oh, Pep, Pep's finished. He's done. Yeah, yeah, so and all it takes, all it takes is five five wins on the bounce. It, a collection of about eight teams, five wins on the bounce, and you are you are in the Champions League mixer. Yep, exactly. And I mean, I, you know, this, as this season has shown, it, like anything can happen. Like who knows? There's going to be a lot of more, like a lot more twists and turns between now and the end of the season. That's for sure. You know. Yeah, and it is quite amusing, isn't it? Uh, you know, Jurgen Klopp has been a phenomenal manager for Liverpool and he's having some rough moments. And it's so interesting that people are like, well, you know, these are the mistakes that Jurgen Klopp's made. It's like, I think it's, it is circumstance. It's not Jurgen Klopp making massive errors out here. It's like, you know, you, you go from being the best manager in the world to having John from Durham 
questioning your summer transfer window. It's such a it's, it's such five a weird reasons season. why Klopp is finished. Yeah, yeah I know, and it's it, you, you know what there are probably four or five teams that can actually win the Premier League from where they are right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's a crazy season. I mean, you get even looking at the you know Solskjaer was kind of similar to Arteta as well. You know, like he's had periods this season where like Solskjaer is finished, he's out, he's done, he's a bum. You know, and now you know they're challenging for the league. So I still can't have it. Fucking Solskjaer, get out, <laughs> get out. Uh, I'm surprised you don't feel that about Arteta. To be fair, but uh, yeah, well, I, I think that the. Arsenal need a, a long-term plan. I think that enough enough positive things have happened with Arteta in the last two months to signify that he's he's learning from his mistakes. I mean, the big the big problem with Arteta is uh, Arsenal fans. It's just they're like, you know what? Arteta likes to play shit football because he was a shit player, and that <laughs> that was that was genuinely a narrative. It's like, guys, he was he wasn't Manchester City. I, I don't think that he wants to play shit football because he's a shit player. But now, um, now he's coming out the back end, and now the the football, the, you can see the the green shoots that we want to be defensively solid and play, you know, uh, an expansive, um, expressive version of football. So it, it's it's starting to come good. I, I, but Villa really is the test for us because playing um, playing a beautiful brand of football against Wolves or teams that play a deep block is easier. I think than than showing up against Villa because Villa have got so, you, you know you running through those names and it's like wow there's just so many players that can damage us like mm. Barkley Jack like there's there's like you are a little bit you remind me a little bit of Arsenal sort of 2012 to 2015 just lots of technically gifted players fit great movement and you know. You, you can even when you lose, you should have won. Like the yeah, the like, Burnley game was disgraceful, right? Honestly, Pete, like the only like last night we got beat fairly by West Ham, but like other than that, the only other game this season was when we got beat uh, by Leeds. Was the only other time I've come away from a Villa defeat this season and thought, yeah, we deserved that. Like even when we've lost, I feel like we could have won, you know. And a lot of the time it's dodgy VAR decisions, but you know, it's like, I know everybody complains about VAR, but you know, I have it has been one of those. Uh, one of the great things about the season is like even when we lose I feel like we could have won we always play well we always look like we could win uh so yeah like yeah well it's 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 great it's a it's an amazing season I'm great thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it <laughs> yeah well I enjoyed that podcast uh I'm gonna kind of round up now um do you uh Tom do you want to talk about like how people can find you direct them to your music i mean you you <laughs> hey, your moment you but plug do you do what do you know what i always enjoy pete when i was writing uh the villa previews on the blog and put my uh twitter handle which is at down in autumn i always enjoyed getting lovely comments and abuse and uh laughing emojis from all your lovely uh readers after arsenal inevitably beat aston villa that weekend so yeah i mean bring it on <laughs> Awesome. Um, so t- t- I'll leave the Twitter handle on it. Do you want me to plug the Twitter handle? Some people don't like it. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna pl- to plug all the Twitter <laughs> handles. Anyway, Tom, thank you so much for coming on. It was um, an absolute pleasure um, like hearing all the good things yeah. that happened in Aston Villa. I hope that it all... It all goes careening off the off the motorway tomorrow into yeah. a ditch. Um, but like, you know, it's been exciting watching it. And if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. Tell us how much you enjoyed listening to Tom because it's 2021 and it is the year of giving good ratings on iTunes. Thanks very much. Ciao for now.
streaming on Peacock. It's the girls' trip of a lifetime. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Oh, my God, a stingray. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's a party now. And there's no party like a housewives party. I don't give a f- You're not a girls' girl. Why would you say that? Find out what happens when the forecast brings sunshine and a whole lot of shade. You are so self-absorbed. It's crazy. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. Sports Social Podcast Network.